god, he on X Games mode. Oh, hi, Jake. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Hatties and Homers, your local sports podcast for the Lou. My name is Tyler and joining me today I have Michael Linkson and Dylan Jason. How you doing boys? I'm, I'm exhausted actually. I'm Midterms coming up, uh, hockey season's kicking off and it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's just a grind. I, I fucking feel you. Um, I just got done. I'm, I'm off for two weeks now with Mizzou. I got all my homework in this past week and now I'm off. Um, for Thanksgiving, but dear Lord, I've dealt, I'm serious. I might have to hit you up soon about this math. Cause I have no fucking idea. I figured it out these past <laughs> two weeks because the, the homework is, you know, essentially, okay, so we're going to do this now. Just show us like when you did that, just show us what you got and then we'll tell you why you're wrong, but we'll give you plenty of points. So oh, nice. at least you're getting points for it. Yeah, exactly. You know what? I'll take a 23 out of 25. That's not Lightning McQueen numbers. That's more Chick Hicks numbers. But hey, <laughs> Chick Hicks won the fucking Piston Cup. The Ghost Thunder. Ghost Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> Kachiga. Oh, my God. What a walk down memory lane. <laughs> Holy shit. Tyler, um, I see here for the title episode i guess of this episode oh does it say fucking cock on the notes what was that like peter griffin was that you i probably said i said fucking cock like three times in the shower today oh wow i i I was just having random imaginary arguments in my head Ah. all right that sounds about right yeah when when lois redoes the stairs for family guy and peter falls down because they're too slippery fuck Fucking cock! <laughs> I remember Lois, what that. The, Lois, what the hell? <laughs> we need to get a professional Peter Griffin impersonator in here. <laughs> oh my god, we have one. We have one yeah. right now. <laughs> he can do the laugh. <laughs> That's about it, really. Besides, you know the fucking Boston accent. Oh, you sick bastard! <laughs> I swear to God, if we don't go down to Fenway Park in about five minutes and go to the car park, you will never get into the fucking Harvard. Oh, my God. Who the hell cares? That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. Uh, before we get this episode started, we want to thank our amazing friends at KWRH 92.9 FM. Thank you guys so much again for letting us use the studio to record. Um, you can check them out on Instagram at KWRH92.9. Be sure to check them out on Instagram. Thanks again, KWRH92.9, for letting us use the studio. And now, as we do with every episode, Dill, last time we talked about hockey, it was going good and going well and everything was great. But as we jump into this edition of Puck Talk, things aren't so good anymore in terms of the results yeah i would say like it's not all bad but certainly like we're doing stuff that's hurting us right now um it is early in the season i just want to mention that because i think a lot of fans have a lot of high expectations when we come out of the gate hot like we did and obviously everyone wants us to like we want to stay like that and we want to keep that momentum going but you know it's only i think 12 14 games in now so it's an 82-game season, so we're going to have some hiccups, but we definitely need to clean up our D-zone in terms of everything. I think our offense is doing just fine. We're getting a good amount of shots, and we're getting a good amount of chances, but 
we need to stick tight to our guys. I, I remember watching the Oilers game. It's like those two goals that they scored. I think it was um, McDavid at the end of the first with five seconds left first, and um, Yamamoto scored at the end to win it. It's just like we were on our guy, but like it was Pareko both times where he uh, first one got out-muscled by McDavid. The second one, I mean, I think he just got caught off guard by Yamamoto, but it's like, you know, he's usually prepared for that, especially in those situations. He's right on him. He doesn't let him to breathe. So uh, just a little bit of hiccuping here and there. And we did have a lot of injuries uh, and a lot of guys off on the COVID list. So it's not like we had any other options of who we could go with. It's just that's the cards that we were dealt, and that's what we had. So it's over now. We had guys back in the lineup. We should just be able to keep moving forward and move on and play well like we are doing at San Jose right now. Um, the win streak to start the season came to an end at five games. Uh, you know, you, you lose to the Avalanche who aren't necessarily getting to the best of starts. You rebound, you beat Chicago, you lose to the Kings in a really tough shootout because, you know, Guys just aren't necessarily built for the shootout. This team, they're going to beat you. They're going to beat you in regulation. Um, but then Hofer comes through and gets a win against the Sharks, which was great to see. You lose to the Ducks, and you know, you're able to beat the Jets coming out of that. But then you lose to the Preds. You lose to the Hurricanes. Hurricanes game was close. Uh, we talked about how we lost to the Oilers. You lose to the Coyotes, but you're beating the Sharks now. There were a couple things that I saw in those that string of games that um, it they were more one-off things, but if they were to have continued, it really would have worried me. There was a game where Marco Scandella kind of looked like Zach Sanford. He was giving up pucks. He wasn't playing the way that we wanted to see a defense, defensive defenseman play. And, I mean, I think he's gotten it out of his system, but it's a bit worrying to see him be shaky like that. Yeah, I think that's just due to uh, an increased amount of ice time because of the absence of Krug. And um, uh, it was uh, not it was a McMikola going on COVID list, and uh, who's the other one? Who's <sighs> blanking his name? Who's forty forty six? Wallman. Yeah, Wallman, Wallman went out too. too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we, that's three defensemen right there. That's half our D lineup uh, every night. That's just you know gone. So he's going to obviously get increased ice time, and it's just sometimes it's a little too much for him to bite off. Um, but there's times, like, I remember the first five games, he looked great. Like, he was aggressive. He was on his guy. He didn't allow anyone to really breathe out there when they got the puck. He made he was making good passes and stuff. And uh, I don't know what happened. I just, it's just, you know, things happen. You always, you don't play your best every single night. Otherwise, you know, you, you'd there never be a problem with the lineup. But it's just making sure that we're consistent and we minimize our mistakes. And especially the turnovers as a defenseman, you just want to be able to get the puck out, move the puck well, and, shot guys down defensively and if he does that he'll be in the lineup every night without a problem if he can't keep the puck you know on tape to tape and from getting into the other team's hands then it's going to be an issue and if you can't shut guys down then yeah he's going to be in and out of the lineup but i think he when he's on he's he's on really well i think we've seen that when he's not on he's you know it's, it's obvious kind of like sanford um and so it's just he just got to keep it consistent and minimize his mistakes. I and I, I'm going to be honest. I'm a big uh, Scandella defender. I've liked Scandella ever since we picked him up um, to mm-hmm. supplement uh, when we lost Bowmeister. So I, I, you know, it it takes a lot for me to be critical of the guy. Um, but that was yeah. that was a big one, a big deal there. Well, at least in that one game. But it's good to see that you know he overcame that, it, and it was just kind of a one-off thing. 
Yeah, it's just hard because of the, the defensive system like that. You got to block every shot, make every pass crisp, shut guys down every time. And then, like, if you don't, if you hiccup every once in a while, you're going to get way more noticed. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, like you got the shot off and it hit the post. It's like that's okay because you didn't. I get it. You didn't score, but you you made the right play. Like you can make the right play, and if you fail to execute in your D zone, it could cost in a goal against. So. Uh, yeah, D side of the puck is a lot more responsible, and so when you don't execute that well, it's a lot more obvious, especially to the fans. But there, there has been a guy though called him up, um, still trying to figure out. You know, it's only been a few games for him, so still trying to figure out how big of an impact he can have on this team uh, moving forwards, especially in the long term. But Perunovic gets called yeah. up, big deal. He comes up. Um, you need, you know. You have to send a couple guys down for cap reasons. And with Perunovic getting moved up, you've got Clifford who goes to waivers, and then he ends up getting traded to Toronto to help save some cap space. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah so for sure. You, you lose that veteran presence, but Perunovic's upside, especially with the D pairs that he's going to be involved in, seem like you know it's going to be a very big net gain for the Blues. Yeah. Um, for sure. Like before we mentioned, um, you know, we, we had to move Clifford down for the cap reasons and he wasn't going to play over anyone else. Um, I think Costin can basically fill his role and he has more skill too. So, um, you know, I always loved Kyle Clifford. I thought like his role was a really tough role and that's what we needed, especially last year, but with guys emerging and our skill coming up with our prospects, you know, it was time to move on. And, um, he gets that. He understands that. And I think he gave 110% every time he played for us. It just sucks to see it happen this way. Um, as far as Peronovich, you know, he's a UM, former UMD player. He won the Hobie Baker, the best college player. Um, he was tearing up the AHL. He had two goals, 18 assists for 20 points in 12 games as a D-man. He had this, I think he was tied for second in points down the AHL. Uh, he got his first assist tonight, actually, on Robert Thomas's goal. So he's already contributing. He's going to be that type of defenseman where he can escape from pressure really well with his speed. He can move the puck really well. Uh, he can set up great offensively. So he's going to be more in that, you know, power play role and in, in, in the top four ice time maybe. Um, but like his, I want to see how well he does in the D zone because it, it is a different level from college and the AHL. So um, I think he can produce better than Dunn in terms of skill and speed and awareness, but I think I want to see how well he can defend too, because that's going to be a big question as well. Uh, and he is, Perunovic is showing just how deep this team is, because when we are down guys like Krug, when you're down a guy like Mikola, um, with Sundquist not being ready for the beginning of the year, all these guys are out to COVID, it's just the next man up. And that, that's been a theme that we've had, you know, for for years with this team. That's the kind of thing that won this team, the Stanley cup. It's just the next guy up. It's the next guy going. And Tarasenko, you know, he's taken his role and completely understood what he needs to do. Um, but if Tarasenko, oh, yeah. you know, goes down or gets traded, I, I have no doubt in my mind that we're going to be able to have the next guy, you know, step up and be ready to go. What, what I've loved to see here, uh, Dakota Joshua gets a little bit of playing time. Um, but I've loved to see the play, especially of Kairou. Because this dude, I think, mm-hmm. for the past two or three games, even when we lost, has been carrying the offense. Yeah, you know, Buchnevich is going to get in there and get a goal. Saad gets a goal tonight. But Robert, uh, not 
I mean, Robert Thomas has been good too, but Cairo has been the man in these past few games that has contributed just so damn much to this offense, and it feels good to watch. Yeah, I mean, he's a boatload of speed. Him and Thomas too. I mean, it's just insane how much talent these guys have, and these guys were late round picks. I remember Thomas was around the twenty. 20th overall, maybe a little higher, and Kyrie was a second-round pick. We actually got him in a trade for uh, Brian Elliott. Um, so it's insane how much skill and talent these guys have, how mature they look with the puck. I finally feel like, you know, they've developed into their bodies now, and they develop into their skill, and I was just, you know, go out and play. I really like the connection that Kyrie has with Buchnevich as well. I mean, he's like every other goal, they're, they're either assisting on it or scoring on it for one another, and we kind of saw that right in the beginning of the year with Arizona. Um, it's good to see that connection, though, because it really does help a lot. And as far as Tarasenko, and like he stepped up so much, he's tied for goals with Cairo at seven right now. He's on pace for fucking half a goal a game, so the, the forty goal pace right now, um, which is great to see. Thomas has fourteen assists in fourteen games, so you can tell that his playmaking ability is light, like lights out right now. And he just scored a goal tonight too, so it's good to see guys finally fill in into the role and, and, and to see how like that that's where we wanted them to be the last couple of years. And they finally get to go in and, and just, you know, be themselves. And it is insane how, how deep this lineup is. And we were talking about this earlier, Michael, how much we're missing Shen right now. Cause that center depth is just insane. You're going to have, you know, O'Reilly as your top center. You're going to have Shen as your second center. Thomas is the third. And then Sunquist as your fourth, like, there's no fourth line center on that team. I, I think there's, you know, a first line center and two second line centers and a third line center for sure. So uh, we're crazy deep on the lineup. It sucks to see Joshua sent down, but you know, I just think he's that bottom six type player. He's a lot like a less skilled Barbashev, in my opinion. You know, he's going to grind and battle and and help set the four check and help get pucks deep and and do the stuff that no other guy really wants to do, crash the net and get in battles and stuff, but. Um, it's good to know that we have them in our back pocket. As you said, you know, it's, our depth's always a good thing to have. And uh, I think that's just it's a lot of promising for us for the future, especially the way that Thomas and Kyrie have their contracts set up for the next two years at around $2.8 million. <laughs> is, it, is it bad? Or I, I don't know if it's bad, but uh, actually I would think it would be good. I, I literally got giddy when I saw that <laughs> Sundquist was coming back. When when I yeah, saw that he was, you know, when they said, yeah, he's he's back, he's playing tonight, I I fucking leapt out of my seat. Mm-hmm. My mom was like, Michael, what the hell just happened? I'm like, Oscar Sundquist is back, and she's like, who? And I showed, <laughs> I I think she might know who he is. I don't know. Tyler, do you know who Oscar Sundquist is? I do, I do indeed. So you know he's got them crazy teeth. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> <laughs> he's a great guy. I mean, he's probably one of our best two way players with Barbashev and O'Reilly, um, for sure. I mean, he got an assist on Saad's goal. His, his speed looks so good right now. I mean, his awareness is so good. His his puck handling is up there, too. I mean, it's just he's a guy where he knows where to be in every situation and what, what the right position is and what to do in that situation as well. I mean, he's not the most flashy player, but, I mean, if you can execute, you can execute. No one asks, like, how is ask how many. So, like I said, a huge part of our lineup, I think, I think we probably have one of the best third lines in hockey right now. So um, they all attribute to this, and they all know their role, and they all know what it takes to win. And it's just to see how, not how well just like everyone's, 
you know, contributing and accepting it, but how well Berube is doing in terms of ice time for when he knows how much to play everybody and who to play in situations. And, and that's the thing is like, I don't think anyone's getting stiff like ice time because the, you know, our top guys are going to be playing power play and regular shifts like Terry Senko, but then you have O'Reilly, Sunquist, Barbashev, Saad playing power play and penalty kill. Even if it's second power play, they're on probably on the first or second penalty kill. And then they just roll through that with regular ice time. So, I think everyone's happy. Everyone's going to be content getting with their fair uh, share in. Even Costin's going to be moving up and down the lineup for his regular shifts. Um, so I think, you know, it's it's great to see how well this team works together and how everyone's gelling right now. And it's definitely promising for our future. And with, with how we have played, even those games where we were losing, um, those games that we lost against good teams, the Hurricanes arguably mm-hmm. are the best team in all of hockey right now. And the Oilers, yeah. um, they're making a case too, but I, I'd argue more that's just Connor McDavid being an absolute god and, of course, St. Louis <laughs> being cursed by... St. Louis is cursed, okay? We are fucking cursed. And I'll tell you who has cursed us. Motherfuckers with the last name Yamamoto, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, Tyler, you could speak to this yeah, with baseball. Shout out Jordan. Jordan Yamamoto with the Miami Marlins was a... He, he didn't get a lot of wins as a pitcher. He didn't pitch very well. But when he pitched against the Cardinals, he was fucking Cy Young mixed with Nolan Ryan mixed with old Haas Radborn, who I don't, I'm not even a hundred percent sure old Haas Radborn was a fucking pitcher. I'm talking seven <laughs> innings, eight innings, no hit, one hit, two hit ball at most. Yeah. This guy turned into an absolute fucking God in the, uh, in the uh, first two games he uh, pitched against the Cardinals. And then we got Kyler. I'm calling him Kyler. Why? Okay. So Yamamoto from Washington, right? The, the Yamamoto from Washington, who's on the Oilers, comes in and breaks my heart. You know what I hate the most about last-second goals is that I am scarred for life for that shit um, from the fucking the Stanley Cup playoffs when we played the Kings. It was the same I series. Know. Yeah, you know. It was the same series with the Steiner goal. There, I think it was game three or four at Staples Center. Last second of the second period, they no, get a goal was, with like two seconds uh, left. Yeah. We were done for the rest of the series after that. No, that was game six. That was that game six. That was our last game. See, yeah. that was a that was a while us. ago. That's what killed us. That's what killed us. That was the second period. We were tied one one. They go up two one, and that was it. I remember it being the second period. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Motherfuckers named Yamamoto hurting St. Louis teams are not nice. It is not nice. I dislike it. Yamamoto, <laughs> stop cursing St. Louis. You know what, Tyler? I think there's only one way to fix it. Dylan, I think there's only one way to fix it. We need a Yamamoto. <laughs> I don't know how we're getting any more Yamamoto's in the NHL, but we can call. We can we can winner. sign a guy in the minors. We can find someone uh, on a college team in the United States, or you know, um, named Yamamoto playing hockey. How many of those are laying around? <laughs> I, I don't fucking know. There's Sebastian Aho. <laughs> yeah, he's from Finland, dude. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Yamamoto's from America. <laughs> We we can find listen okay we they, we can go high school in the United States we can go college in the United States we can go high school college in Canada we can go overseas and find somebody um you know either in you Japan know Korea when you, when you cover a fucking Yamamoto who can put up points next to McDavid and Drysaddle at the end of the night and I'll let you know if we could take him <laughs> hey you don't know there might be a fucking Yamamoto in Finland who fucking knows. <laughs> 
he's going to be a hidden gem playing slew hockey, and he's going to be awesome. Blues <laughs> to stop a curse, sure. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be one of the new junior blues. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> oh fucking hell! He's a, he's a dual sport athlete, Tyler. If you didn't know, he's going to be our new uh, shortstop. Wow. Versatility there. Holy yeah, shit. He's gonna be he our, goes from uh, the playoffs. He goes from baseball playoffs right to, you know, hockey preseason. Not even the preseason. It's October. He probably just start going in the starting lineup yeah, the opening he, day after he wins the World Series. It's the new version of Bo Jackson, but he's from Finland and uh he plays baseball. He's and... not from Finland. He's <laughs> from America. <laughs> oh, he's from Finland? What I thought our Yamamoto that we were creating here was from Finland. No, why would we? No, why would we just make him from? Because America? it's funnier that way. But it, Yamamoto's not even a Finnish name. I, well, there's. Hold on, I gotta think. I'm done thinking. I don't know. He could be from Alabama. That yeah, make him from Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> there is a hockey player from Alabama named um, Nick Dowd. He he went to Culver. He played for my cousin. Oh shit! Uh, he was just on spitting chicklets. <laughs> Oh, wait, isn't, yeah, UA, well, Alabama's got actually a surprising uh, hockey mind. Uh, Alabama Huntsville's got a hockey team. Yeah. I got two, Mm -hmm. I got two buddies I know from scouts that went there. Oh. Wow. Yeah. One of them does like NASA shit now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, even though you're losing, back to the main point, even though motherfuckers named Yamamoto are killing us in the final minute um, and you're losing games against the Predators and Oilers, um, we played very well against two very good teams. Uh, we mm-hmm. we got the shit kind of kicked out of us in the first period against Carolina, but we re- yeah. rebounded. We played better there against uh, the Hurricanes. Coyotes, I'm calling it. It was a fluke. I mean, it's it's they're a well, one win team, and you play like shit. I think like part of it is just like you know we're not getting dominated. We're not worried about the teams we're playing against. You know what I mean? And another thing is like yeah, the Coyotes capitalized on their chances that really hurt us. Like, we made some dumb dumb errors um and the Coyotes took advantage of it and scored so good for them for you know keeping us on our toes but we just shouldn't be giving them those chances in the first place and we should just you know keep dominating keep holding them in their own zone and don't let them breathe and we should be fine just read react and make the smart simple play we're, we're good enough teams where we know how to do this we shouldn't be worried about back in Arizona no, I'm not worried about it either. I'm not worried about the Sharks. Um, I'm a, I'm not necessarily worried about how we're going to play against Vegas uh, on Monday. I'll be at that game. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. It, date night. So I will uh, congrats, Michael. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, yeah. Um, I will not be home for Thanksgiving because we are going to New York uh, to play Manhattanville. Oh, wow. I'll be in New York and New York City. That's on- exciting till after thanksgiving do you need me to ship you a turkey do they have turkeys in new york so we're going to uh you're going uh, to golden corral oh wh- wow that's fancy one of the guys oh Cairo just snipes low glove oh my god we could send right. you some fuzzy slippers too um, i'm gonna send Cairo um, some fuzzy slippers after that snipe we can do that we can we're going that. one of the guys who lives in jersey is gonna host thanksgiving dinner for us that away. That sounds fun. Now, at Thanksgiving in New Jersey, is it customary to offer everyone ten minutes in the tanning bed? And some gabagool. And some gabba fucking ghoul, right? Gabagool. 
fucking ghoul. Where's the fucking uh, Gabagool? Gabagool! He disrespected the Bing! <laughs> I just want to let you know, on our little thing, our uh, WavePad uh, recording software, when we all yelled Gabagool at the same time, it lit up red for Super Peak. So. <laughs> <laughs> it, knows, it knows I'm Italian. <laughs> it knows I'm Italian, too! It's a discriminatory fucking I don't, I don't know if I have Italian to me. You need to do 23. Tyler, you have black hair. You better have Italian. I hope so. Yeah, if you have black hair like that, then you need to be. See, people don't understand. My red hair is Italian. Yeah? (laughs) Northern Italian. Everyone thinks I'm Irish. I'm like, yeah, in name only. But the blood shit, that's that's Italy. Oh, you do have red hair, don't you? I know, right? It's on my face as well. Oh, yeah. Michael's uh, sporting some facial hair right now. It's a no-shave November. Um... God, I seen you with a little bit of like peach fuzz before, but this is uh, well, a full blown fucking lumberjack. When you're redhead, it's always peach fuzz. Um, it's not, it just cha- now it's cherry fuzz because it's a little bit, it's a bit more red. Oh, uh, it's this not as red as this cord in front of me. I've grown a mustache, and I'm trying to get it connect to a goatee at the end of the month. If it doesn't connect, I'll just shave the the beard off and keep the mustache. Dill, do but... you look like a cop with your mustache? Oh man, I mm, I. He looks like a fucking goon. A goon? Oh, he looks like a real fucking goon. You're going to go out there and start dropping gloves on fucking everybody. Wear a fucking wife beater out. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I look look more Italian than a cop, honestly. Pop a fucking chain. I wear the outfit, right? Yeah, the chain helps. You're the kind of fucking Italian with that mustache who's going to open a deli, and it's just going to be a grease sandwich. Yeah. Probably. That's not offensive because we're Italian. We can make fun of ourselves. I might be. One slice of fucking ham on a piece of white bread. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Before I move on, I want to mention how... Did you see when Tarasenko, we were losing to uh, Arizona, and he stopped the fucking empty net goal on that back check? Yes, I did. I saw that. That was absolutely fantastic. For people who say he's lazy, can fuck right off. Yes, he showed up against Arizona... Um and came to play and he worked his ass off that game. I give him full pro and Tarasenko is always going to be one of my favorite players. Um, mm-hmm. but dear, you know I'll I'll defend the guy and sometimes there's things you just can't defend. But dear lord, he came out and fucking played that game and it was so mm-hmm. good to see. Oh for sure and even Edmonton dude he think I had the game tying goal and it's like that's what hurt a lot was how we came back and then we couldn't even get a point because of that loss with 25 seconds left so. I mean, it's just good to see him having all the confidence in the world right now and stepping up and just being Tarasenko again. You know what I mean? I think, you know, he's in the right spot. We're playing him the right way. He's happy. Um, It's just, you know, everything's going the right way for him. I'm happy to see that. And there's one more bit of news before we exit out of Puck Talk, head to Chirp and Chatter. Uh, Troy Brower this morning, we're recording this on November 18th, Mickey Mouse's birthday. Um, Troy Brower announced his retirement uh, earlier today, won a Stanley Cup with the Blackhawks in 2010, but of course, we in St. Louis remember him for 2016, round one, game seven, his goal against his old team in Chicago, that fucking unbelievable atmosphere at, it was then Scott Trade Center that night when he scored the goal Mm -hmm. and sent us on to play the Dallas Stars. I've watched that game fucking so many times on YouTube, and my favorite shit, I think it comes with 14 minutes and 20 seconds. I don't remember. But it wasn't a goal or anything, but it was Steve Ott, Scotty Upshaw, and Kyle Brodziak. And Steve Ott hits Seabrook. Two, not even two seconds later, Scotty Upshaw hits – no, no, my bad. 
Scotty Upshaw hits someone. Steve Ott hits Seabrook. Puck comes around to Keith. Scotty Upshaw comes cross ice and just buries in the Keith, and the whole stadium erupts. And I was like, oh my god, this is fucking the way playoff hockey should be fucking played. This is awesome. And then we scored. I remember we scored early in that game too to go up one nothing, and then Hosa scored. And I remember when Brower scored, it was from Falls Stasny and Robbery Fabry. Yeah, it was that play where long ago it was. Who the fuck was it? It was a, a Blackhawk player was trying to get too cute, trying to cross the blue line, got checked, lost the puck, and then the Blues came up the ice real quick. Mm-hmm. It was also well, Fabry ran in the guy at their blue line. Yeah, it was Fabry that I think checked. It was Shaddy. Shaddy gave it to. Paul. Paul fettered over to Fabry cross ice, and Fabry went back across the Brower, who missed the first one, then buried the second one. That was hot. And yeah. then a little bit after that, there was the double post by Seabrook too. That, but oh, dude, that was so scary. Yeah, that that whole game. I remember watching that whole game. Um, that Brower goal. Uh, one of the best Blues moments I think in franchise history. And best of luck to him in retirement, as mm-hmm. he heads off to greener pastures. Thanks for the memories, Brower. We really appreciate it. Good luck with the rest of your life. Congrats. And with that, uh, Tyler, I think we should talk about some Cardinal baseball. What do you think? Damn right, Michael. Let's hop right into it. Chirp and chatter. It's the offseason. Oh, man. What what a beginning to uh, to what's going to be, hopefully not, but could potentially be a long Cold, hard off season, um, an off season in which the Cardinals are are gonna need some help in the in the form of pitching, Michael. Um, but they did just that. Uh, one of the early, kind of like early, like under the radar moves in baseball. Uh, T.J. McFarland coming back to the Birds on a one year, two and a half million dollar deal with another five hundred thousand in incentives. I fucking love that. That's oh my a God. great idea. Great, and bring him back real cheap too. Get him for less than five million dollars. Um, now you're working on a deal, hopefully with Luis Garcia to bring him back too. Um, but I love bringing McFarland back and as a ground ball pitcher, that's huge with the team that did what we did defensively. We'll touch on what we did defensively in a second, but a ground ball pitcher with this kind of defense behind him, I don't understand why every ground ball pitcher in baseball doesn't want to come to the Cardinals. Oh, this guy in the second half, I mean, what he did for us down the stretch was just incredible for and and for for the cheap too i mean for that money it's a no-brainer i and i i'm happy that we got the deal we didn't initially get any um we didn't get any uh financials on it right away it took a little while for us to get it but two and a half with the max of making it five uh max of making a three mil with incentives um you get him cheap but with the fact that you have upwards of $60 million a year coming off the books in Martinez, Carpenter, and Fowler. Uh, you still have plenty of money to work with here. And even though the Cardinals have said they're not going to go for a shortstop, which I don't you know, necessarily understand, uh, it's, it's a good money move, and it allows you some flexibility to go get some pitching, which it seems like they're going to prioritize. As they should, and one guy I think they should really look at if they're going to pursue pitching with the kind of money they have to allocate to pitching this year is, of course, a guy like Max Scherzer, right? I mean, this this is a guy, you know, obviously the hometown kid, you know, Chesterfield, Mizzou, um, Mizzou Hall of Famer, right? I mean, he was... I think so, yeah. 
but yeah, I mean, this is a guy they've missed out on in the past. Um, I mean, this is a guy they've shown regret for for missing out on before. Um, and you know, even at I, you know, I think he's going to be coming into the season at thirty nine. Um, you, I mean, you look at what he did in the second half for the Dodgers, and you know, that's another occasion where, hey, who knows if he would have been that that piece in the second half of this past season to you know to push the Cardinals ahead. Um, but yeah, you you look at what he, you know, what he did for the Dodgers, and you know, we don't want to pass up on that again. Um, so I think they should be as seriously in the hunt for Scherzer as anyone. Um, and there's other guys they're going to be in on too. You know, uh, guys like 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 a Stephen Matz type. If if you're not looking at those those super high end starters that you're going to shell out, you know, that twenty five to thirty million a year for yeah, uh, Marcus Stroman too. Um, Absolutely. Who. He liked a tweet recently, apparently, uh, linking him to the Cardinals. There was a tweet or something about uh, Marcus Stroman or ground ball defense or something with the Cardinals and their defense. And Marcus Stroman as a ground ball pitcher, uh, I mean, he'd like it. He liked the tweet. So that that would be kind of cool to see him come to St. Louis. I'd love to see Marcus Stroman in St. Louis. That guy's an innings eater. That guy's become way more of, of a strikeout guy. And, yeah, he's, he's also a ground ball guy. And he's a he's a gold glover. He fits in on that aspect of yeah. it, too. Yeah, he's a, he's a defense-first guy. Um, and, yeah, I mean, like, nobody eats more innings than him in the last couple of years. Except, you know, Lance Lynn, but thank God he didn't win the Cy Young. Yeah, that that would have that would have been a little painful. I found out the stats, and if you don't remember, I am not necessarily a big fan of Lance Lynn. <laughs> His WPA for the Cardinals— was the same over double the amount of time compared to his time with uh, the Yankees, the Rangers, and the White Sox. So he was not a clutch pitcher in St. Louis. It was outside of St. Louis he was a clutch pitcher. But I'm not 100% sure why he was a finalist this year for the Cy Young in Chicago with White Sox. Thank God it went to Robbie Ray. But anyway, um, uh, another guy, you know, that is uh, that the Cardinals might be looking for that might be a cheaper option would be Chris Taylor. Uh, there was a report today from the beat writer for the Dodgers for MLB.com, and he linked um, a couple teams to Chris Taylor. I think the Red Sox were in there, the Giants, the Rangers, the Marlins, but he also listed the Cardinals. Um, and that that's an interesting thing to think about because we haven't really had a super utility man in that regard where from the get-go he's a utility man since Daniel Descalzo. Now, Edmund is a utility man, don't get me wrong, but he was a utility infielder mainly, and he could play second and third base. Uh, Taylor can play the outfield. He's very natural at the outfield. Edmund, not so much. You see what these super utility guys can can do for for what you know always end up being playoff teams. Um, you look at oh my god, you look at a guy like Kike Hernandez, like a like a 2017 Marwin Gonzalez type role, or obviously modern day Chris Taylor. I mean, he's been doing this for the Dodgers for four or five years now. Um, yeah, I mean he's he's got a, a bat that that certainly plays, and yeah, the ability to put him in at any position when we see, um, you know, if if we're struggling at at shortstop like we have, you know, we have been. If if Arnado Goldie uh, needs a day, you need to move, you know, Tommy Edmond uh, around the infield. Um, it's it's nice to have that kind of guy to plug in anywhere. And again, if you're looking for, you know, I'm not going to say like the most 
cost-effective option, but still like a, a guy you're not going to have to ball out on, like obviously one of those top-tier shortstops, um, he's a good option for sure. Yeah, and we've heard to, there have been some reports that link uh, Carlos Correa and Corey Seager with the Cardinals. I don't see it. I, I think it'd be great. I don't see it. I think the most likely guy that you're going to see that the Cardinals might go after, if they go after a shortstop, would be Trevor Story. But mix that with the fact that Mo has pretty much said he's going to stick with the young and he's going to stick with Sosa, and he thinks we're okay at shortstop in that regard. Uh, I, I mean... It's just not necessarily where the Cardinals need to splurge. Yeah. Season. Like, yeah, it, it is like the... Uh, the flashy, like, look, I would love to reach into the stocking and see a and see a Carlos Correa um, with the birds on the bat next season. But um, have you seen how much he wants? Yeah, I mean, bare minimum, he wants three hundred and forty-one million dollars. That's the Cardinal style of of acquiring those big names is not through free agency. No, we get we go to the West Coast of the NL. We find a team that's really bad and we trade for their best player. Yeah, look, he we are the finesse, of the finessing type, um, and a big contract just doesn't really seem in the books for um, acquiring another infielder right now. But let's go grab some arms. Let's go bolster that. We, I mean, like our our depth is shown for sure, but let's let's not have to tap into those in, into those uh, like. Younger those, arms, those younger arms, the minor leagues, the you know, the, or the uh, guys currently here, or the guys currently here, or the overseas signings. When there, there's a there's a rich class of pitchers this year. There are plenty of names to choose from. I, there's a couple guys that have already gone off the board. Syndergaard's gone. He's um, going down to Anaheim. Heaney's gone. Uh, Erod's gone. Erod just signed. You've got a, a couple others that are signed, and most of them are like one year deals. Verlander's gone. He's going back to Houston. But it's it's very I think it's very plausible that the Cardinals can go and get somebody and maybe not get burned. And the problem here too is if if you don't go and get anybody for depth, there have been report. I saw Jeff Jones made a comment on this about the Cardinals' rotation for next year. It'd be Flaherty, Michaelis, Wainwright, Hudson, and you know Kim's not necessarily coming back. But then who's your fifth starter? Right, you. I mean, you can't necessarily, uh, you know, bank on getting two hundred innings out of out of a Flaherty next year. No, you, you, same you, with you, Michaelis. Right, same with the Michaelis, same with Dakota Hudson. All these guys just haven't pitched all that much lately. Flaherty, uh, and and again, there's no guarantee that Wayne is going to do what he did last season. So you can't really bank on him as you know any higher than than a third guy in the rotation. He is school and fucks at the carnival, though. Oh yeah, no, like I I believe me understand the pedigree of an adam wainwright i mean like if if you're in the dunk tank throwing throwing some some jam shots at adam wainwright he's gonna plunk your ass you're gonna end up in the water he got 20th in mvp voting this year he got seventh in the cy young voting um also goldie and uh o'neill finished i think in the top 10 for mvp voting you know he's got a farm he's got some like like a big farm in Georgia. Yeah, he he was uh he was doing some charity work today. Uh, Wayno was there was a video of him doing charity work. Um, but so it you know you you need to figure out who that fifth starter is going to be right. And there have been reports. Uh, I saw something from Jeff Jones about it. Hicks or Reyes, Jordan Hicks. I am scared to death of him pitching more than two innings at a time. Alex Reyes, I've thought from the beginning needed to be a starter. The pressure of being a closer is so hard on a guy like Reyes 
who he's faced a lot of adversity coming up. I understand that. But he's a young guy, and you're thrusting him into the closer's role like that. I don't like it at all. Luis Garcia, I think. Luis Garcia or Giovanni Gallegos needs to be your closer for next year. Something I haven't really figured out in the last couple of years is why the Cardinals are so comfortable shoving a struggling starter who needs time to figure it out in high leverage relief or closing roles. Like Carlos Martinez, like Alex Reyes. Like, yes, they both had success in those roles. Reyes for an extended period of time, the entire first half of the season. Um, but, yeah, that's not what he came up to be at all. no. And he, he was billed from the get-go as a, a starter. And it was, Flaherty had the same thing where he came up and was more of a reliever, and then he kind of wore into it, and then he did pretty well. But I, I'm, in, I'm in the boat of Reyes, if you don't go and get anybody, he's your fifth starter. However, I think you do need to go get somebody. There's, you know, the options here, you're, you're losing some minor leaguers right now. They're not in necessarily pitching, but Justin Williams and Nick Plummer are gone. Uh, Austin Dean's going to the Giants. Brett Cecil finally announces his retirements after you cut him. So the cart, you know, you're losing a little bit of stock. How long is that until it really starts to bleed into your pitching? Libertor, I don't know if he comes up, if what role you're going to be able to use him in right off the bat. Because Hudson wasn't a starter right away. All of these guys that you brought up that are still with us, you didn't use them as a starter right away. You need a fifth starter. So, yes, you do need to go, and you do need to go get somebody. And if they're going to spend this offseason again, like where where would it be? It's not going to be to uh, replace or, or really even bolster any of your, uh, like, what uh, five gold glovers, right? Like, it, yeah. you, you know the positions that are, you know, stalwarts. Um, but yeah, there's, there's tons of question marks in the rotation and the bullpen. That's, you know, there's one guy that I saw a weird report on. I'm like, why the hell are we going for him? But it wouldn't surprise me if the Cardinals pulled some devil magic on it. Nick Martinez, he's pitched in Japan for the past three years. When he played in the MLB, he played for the Rangers. There's a thread there. There's another guy that we got who pitched in Japan for a little while, pitched for the Texas Rangers. His name is Miles Michaelis. Yeah, and that that seems to have panned out. Obviously, when they go to make these moves on these uh, these flyover guys like a Nick Martinez, they they understand what they're doing. But from an outsider's perspective, Nick Martinez was 2011 draft pick, last pitched in 2017, I believe. Uh, wasn't great, honestly. He wasn't even excellent. Like right no, he, he was not good when he you know went overseas. Uh, but in 2020 and 2021, he's seen rises in velo. Uh, he started to use utilize a changeup a bit more, um, which has increased his case per nine uh, considerably for his standards, at least. Um, I mean, this is a guy like his current team he's with. I'm not entirely certain where he is now. Um, but even though he's available right now, I mean, he's he'd be valuable over there, too. So, again, it, it's, it's a matter of, uh, you know, the Cardinals front office seeing something that no one else would even think to look for. And we've been able to pull crap like that out for old uh, pitchers and all that. I I want, you know, it. I think it could also be solved with maybe you bring back Jay Happ. If Lester decides he wants to pitch again, bring back Lester. Uh, Wade LeBlanc, maybe even out of the bullpen. Bring in an old guy who can come in and do something good for this team. It, you know, if it comes to that, I'm all right with doing that. But we've got the money to spend. I think we should spend it. Um, speaking of spending money, though, there are a couple other guys the Cardinals might go for. Um, J- 
Josh Fuentes, Nolan Arnado's cousin who killed the Cardinals this year, played for the Colorado Rockies. He's a free agent. Now, he'd just kind of be like a depth piece on the bench, but I think it could be a good idea to bring him in. Um, and then uh, there's not necessarily a lot of updates on Albert Pujols other than he walked off in his first MLB game in the Dominican League, in his first Dominican Ball League uh, Winter League game. He hit a walk-off, which was kind of cool. The Cardinals went out and spent some money on some minor league guys here and there. But, you know, with this team, we've seen that we wait a little while. And the bigger name free agents aren't going to be off the board right off the bat. It's different this year just because of the CBA coming up. Um, but, you know, we go out and get James uh, Nail, who's he's a Cape Girardeau native, grew up a Cards fan, spent the past six years in Oakland system. He's happy to be here. And then you sign a minor league shortstop, Anderson Tejeda. If anything, we we saw last year, we don't do anything until January. We yeah. might need to be sitting here for a little while. Yeah, the Cardinals make moves late. Um, yeah, I, I certainly can't see them uh, making that free agent splash uh, prior to uh, uh, well, I mean, and and December first is the big day too. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's it's probably gonna be a minute. Yeah. Um. But while we wait for that all to figure itself out. Uh, Cardinals did get some good hardware, uh, if I'm not mistaken. We did we get any silver sluggers this year? I don't remember if we did. I don't believe there is a silver slugger. I don't think we. O'Neill maybe, but no, but he didn't get he didn't get it. But we did get five. You count them. one, two, three, four, five. Two, three, four. Gold Glovers. Five. The most. In MLB history for a single team, we now hold the record for most gold glovers in history on a single team in a single year. And the Cardinals of 1980 hold the record, too, for the most silver sluggers on a team for a year as well. Both of them at five. I thought that was kind of cool. 1980 with uh, Keith Hernandez, Terry Pendleton, all of that. Um, This year, though, the Cardinals get five gold gloves Six players nominated. The five winners, Goldie, Tommy Edmond, Nolan Arenado, Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader. Yadier Molina was nominated, does not win, uh, loses to St. Louis in Jacob Stallings, even though Stallings only played in like 100-something games compared to Molina, who played a lot more. Um, but you know what? A St. Louis kid won it. I'm not going to be upset about it. And... Nolan Arenado also comes away with the Platinum Glove. And now the Cardinals, every Platinum Glove winner in NL history but two are on the Cardinals. Wow. It would be... It's his fifth consecutive. Yeah. It would be like Andrelton Simmons and Anthony Rizzo, if I'm not mistaken. It's a lot of hardware. A lot of hardware indeed. Um, and then shiny infield. Yeah. Gold, shiny infield. Big news for them. Glad that uh, Bader finally got his... Um, I kind of wanted Bader to get the platinum glove, but I'm all right with Nolan getting it too. Uh, and then also you have the coaching staff uh, for Ali Marmol. Most of those guys have returned. Stubby Clapp, Willie McGee, Mike Maddox, Pop Warner, Brian Everskirt, and Jeff Albert. They're all coming back. We knew that those guys were all going to be coming back. They're all in their same roles. Two new faces. Uh, Turner Ward will be the new assistant hitting coach. He comes from the Dodgers. And then Skip Schumacher is coming back. He will wear number 55. Skip will be the new bench coach. Happy about that. Real happy about that. And uh, Tyler, do you know a lot 
about what's going on with the CBA and MLB and all that? I I, I know my my fair share, I think. Can I you cover that for me for one second? There's a door. I hear music in the background, and I don't want to get a copyright hit. So oh, I'm going to go close the door to that enough. music. Fair enough. Uh, anyway, folks, we are on the precipice of, well, really trying to avoid a... Uh, avoid a lockout um we 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 don't want another 1994 on our hands uh anyway so the uh collective bargaining agreement between the uh the major league baseball itself and the uh, players association uh, is set to expire on december 1st um unless they can reach an agreement before that of course uh now if they cannot come to an agreement on this uh that would be a very bad no good fun time um because uh, situations are not great right now with with the uh, with how free agency currently works, uh, minor league conditions. There's a lot of shit these two sides need to iron out, Michael. I I am I'm worried. I, I'm very worried. Uh, there were negotiation sessions that were happening during the World Series. There were some that have happened after the World Series. Uh, they had the GM meetings, and it seemed like they're you, the thing with baseball right now is that baseball is going on like normal, but there is that urgency there. I don't think you see a guy like Noah Syndergaard or Justin Verlander signing a one-year deal this early other than the fact that they want to guarantee that they're going to get their money and they want to guarantee that next year uh, they're going to have a deal at least in place so that way if they come in late uh, and you know they'll have a deal in place before if there is a work stoppage. I think the literal worst thing that could happen for baseball is you come in, you have the pandemic hit, you have to shorten your season to 60 games because the union and the owners can't get it figured out. You have that. You come back in 2021, you don't have full attendance until the all-star break for some teams. And then 2022, you get absolutely fucked over by a work stoppage. Now, I don't think baseball is going to die. It's literally, it's baseball, apple pie, and Chevrolet. There's nothing more American than the game of baseball, despite the fact that baseball was based off of an English game. But, you know, if you read the Squeeze blog, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> and actually, you'll learn about that soon because there's another blog post that we're going to have coming up soon about the myth of Abner Doubleday. Ooh, check it out. Yeah, but... More importantly, the big important factor is you would then, in the span of three years, have two seasons get fucked. And you think that's going to be good for your sport when you've got football that is chomping at the bit every time you fall, football's taking shit up left, right, and center. You think it's bad when, I don't know what the ratings were for the World Series. I know the ratings went up a little bit, but you think it's going to be bad too when... You know, Cardinals might be playing a Sunday night baseball game late in the year against the Chicago Cubs on ESPN, but instead people want to watch uh, the Steelers on Sunday night football playing the Ravens. You need people watching more meaningful games. You need to change the game of baseball again to be quicker. You need to change the game of baseball again to keep young people involved and in tune with the game and... Right now, this CBA is going to do years of destruction on anything. You know what? Rob Manfred could repeal all of his horseshit rules tomorrow, 
and completely fix baseball, it would still take years to fix if we got a CBA. If we have a lockout, it's going to need another home run race. We're going to need something on that magnitude again to save baseball, and I don't know what it could be. Yeah, I mean, in a sport that, again, you know, we've we've talked before about the uh, you know the the woes of uh, of a lack of viewership or, or something like like the people who like baseball are still watching baseball and everything, um, but if if other sports are allowed to take that spotlight and and continue and prosper while you know while we don't have baseball or while we sorry I'm getting a call. Um, or while our, you know, our stars are not allowed to, to, to blossom or, you know, and especially with all the work they've done in promoting large stars like, like the Otanis and, and like the, you know, Fernando Tatises of the world, um, we have to continue that momentum. And again, that, like you said, that comes with shortening games uh, and getting younger eyes on the game. That's not happening right now. I think the Cardinals are lucky because we have the, even though, I've seen a ton of rankings this offseason about the Cardinals fan base, and a lot of people rank the Cardinals as one of the worst fan bases in baseball. We have some of the most loyal, dedicated people that love this team in one of the best regions, the largest network for radio. We defined the Western United States with our baseball until the Dodgers and Giants decided to move. You can hear Cardinal Baseball in London, England, if you want to. Just turn on 1120 on your AM transmitter, and there you go. So I think we'll be okay, the Cardinals at least, but I'm very nervous to see what would happen with the rest of this if the CBA doesn't go through. Um, And Tyler, I think we can leave it there. That was that edition of Chirp and Chatter. Uh, Now it's time for Hashtag Lou Basketball. I made it quick because I don't want to do recaps on all these games individually anymore because a lot of stuff is happening, and Tyler, I am sad. Sad, Michael. Dylan, I am sad. Sad, Michael. What? (laughs) I like the delay as he's like, oh, God, I have to talk to Michael again. Dylan does not care that you are sad. Dylan doesn't want to fucking talk to me. I completely understand that. I was setting my fucking lineup. Calm down. <laughs> You're setting your lineup. Oh, hockey, fantasy hockey or real hockey? No, I was. I helped set the lineup for um, the team. Well, the coach sets the lineup, and I just edited it on the P, on the PowerPoint PDF. So, oh, well then, doing doing the grunt work. Grunt work. I get that. Loving uh, loving it though. Who does anyone want to take a team here? I'll take Illinois. You take Illinois. Dill, do you want to do slew? What has the least amount of words with the most numbers? Um, there's not a lot of numbers here, but slew is literally just one bullet point. <laughs> That's perfect because you know how hard it is for me to read. Um, there's a name here that I don't know if you're going to say it right. So why don't you go first? I want to see. Ooh. For slew basketball? Yes. Hashtag glue basketball. Hashtag glue basketball. So a great start to the year thus far. Okoro stepping up, so it's Hargrove after the loss of Perkins. Wins to Central Arkansas, and Harris Stowe lost to number 11 Memphis. Yeah, uh, that loss to number 11 Memphis, I will say we looked good, and I was very pleasantly surprised. Uh, Harris Stowe and Central Arkansas, non-factors. We kicked the absolute shit out of them. Um, love that Hardgrove gets a double-double. Love Okoro stepping up, getting some really big numbers with his boards. 
Uh, Javante Perkins being out really hurts this team, but guys are stepping up. Uh, Always good to see. Yeah. Tyler. Yes. Um, You want to look at this uh, Illinois dude right here, all these Illinois things? Oh, some Illinois basketball? Absolutely, Michael. Uh, Illinois has offered 5'10 point guard Jordan Vick uh, from North Carolina a scholarship, but here's the thing. Uh, the uh, Montrez Harrell AAU program recruit is only a freshman in high school, uh, but he does have five offers right now, with the big schools being Florida and Illinois, uh, and definitely many more to come. He's not even ranked yet. Holy shit. Five offers already. Um, uh, they've played well for the most part, even with their main starters um, the first few games. Uh, the uh, win against Jackson State and Arkansas State, lost to Marquette on the road, uh, did end up hurting their top 10 ranking. Uh, Kofi Car- Kofi Coburn missed the first three games of the year for violating uh, NIL rules for selling Illini merch before the rules took effect. Yeah, that fucking sucked. Fuck that. Yeah, that was bullshit. Like, he was selling shit in the end of June, and the shit took effect July 1st. That was some bullshit. Um, now let's talk about Mizzou. And Tyler, I am sad about Mizzou. Dylan, I'm going to cry. Um, so... Yeah. Michael's going to cry. Yes. So they beat Central Michigan to start the year. Congratulations. And tonight they beat Northern Illinois. But here's the thing. They only scored 54 points against Northern Illinois. What I'm really sad about is that they lost to fucking Kangaroos from Kansas City. Yeah. They lost to UM fucking KC. You are the University of Missouri. Like, it is literally... When people say the University of Missouri, they ain't talking about fucking Kansas City. They ain't talking about Rolla. They ain't talking about St. Louis. They're talking about Columbia. And you fucking lost to UMKC. That is bullshit. That is bullshit. <laughs> that is terrible. I was I was so pissed off when I saw that. Many people who are fans of other teams that Mizzou plays made fun of me for this. This is bullshit. I don't know. But anyway, rattled. I'm 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 very rattled about this. I'm I'm hype and hot over it. Uh, but anyway, also five star recruit Mark Mitchell narrowed down his choices to three. It's probably two after that UMKC game. It was Mizzou, UCLA, and Duke as his final choices. He rebuffed his home state Kansas Jayhawks from the list. So it's Mizzou, Duke, UCLA. Hashtag fuck Kansas. They're not even a real state. It's just East. Colorado. This is true. Yes. Um, real quick for free kick, which is our soccer segment, Josh Sargent, a uh, St. Louis kid, has yet to score for his new team, Norwich City. He's getting a couple starts for the struggling team in the Premier League. Uh, Tim Ream has gotten a ton of starts for the championship side Fulham, which he plays for. He captained it a few times. And then this was interesting to see. St. Louis City SC alongside the Cardinals, the Blues, and the Kansas City Royals, have all had lawyers file in Jefferson City on their behalf nine ballot proposals to try and legalize sports gambling in the state of Missouri. Which, oh, yeah. That would, money. Yeah, that would be great. And it's kind of cool to see that the new guys on the block are the ones trying to do it. Um, all right, real quick, we'll get through Greatest Show on Turf, and then we will get to trivia. I will take high school because it's a lot, and I'll take Mizzou because I have a lot to say. So if you guys would... STL in the NFL. You'll take STL in the NFL. Tyler, do you want to do Illinois? I will do Illinois. All righty. Tyler, go ahead since you have the least. Oh, man. Illinois football. Uh, more upsets this time against uh, number 20 Minnesota, um, but a loss to uh, had a loss to Rutgers before that. And then the uh, 
head coach Brett Belima has COVID uh, and he will miss the game uh, against number 19 Iowa this weekend. And we, we posted about this on our Instagram. The Post-Dispatch called the head football coach the head basketball coach, which is a completely different white guy. <laughs> it's a completely different sport, completely different teams. Um, but yeah, you had that. Uh, with Mizzou, the run defense has been astronomically better ever since they fired their D-line coach. Uh, Connor Bazelak, the quarterback, has been giving up a ton of interceptions, though. He's been bailed out by Harrison Mevis, the kicker, the thicker kicker, who's been absolutely extraordinary. Same with Tyler Beatty. Um, they did go and beat South Carolina and Vanderbilt. And surprisingly, number one, Georgia, didn't put 50 points on them. So pretty happy about that. They, this weekend, will face Florida at Ferro Field. I will be there for my birthday. That is my birthday. So I will be at the game drinking beer and watching football. Um, if you're there, I'd love to shake your hand and have you buy me a beverage. Um, from Juco land, if you're a fan of Last Chance U, you're going to recognize the college name in this Mizzou pickup. Defensive lineman Javian Gill from Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College has committed to Mizzou. He's originally a three-star recruit from Philadelphia, Mississippi. And apparently Mizzou has been calling East St. Louis offensive tackle Miles McVeigh daily. The high school junior, get this, he's 6'7", 340 pounds. That's like big show shit. Jesus. He has 27 Jesus. Division One offers. And Coach Drinkwit, uh, Frank Cusimano reported that Coach Drinkwitz had been calling him daily with offers, uh, just trying to talk with him and keep recruiting him. And then a bit of sad news out of the world of Mizzou. Uh, he was, I believe, head coach for friend of the podcast, Howard Richards, um, former head football coach for the Mizzou Tigers, Warren Powers, passed away at 80 recently. Oh, Very sad to hear. But, uh, Dill, why don't you tell us what's been going on with this latest lawsuit with the NFL? Okay. So, STL and the NFL, we have an expansion team. is still in the cards for possible settlement. Uh, Cronkite is pissing everyone off and apparently is preparing to separate himself from all the NFL lawsuits if he can and will want to offer a substantially smaller settlement to the city if he can get separated from the bigger lawsuits, per Frank Cusimano. Yeah, Cronkite. Well, I'm actually really hoping we're going to get that expansion team for St. Louis. Yeah, it would it would be weird to have 33 teams in the NFL. You need to get to 34. You need to include another uh, city in there, somewhere else that might you know need that team. Maybe San Diego gets the team again. Maybe Oakland. Um, mm -hmm. But... Cronky's fucking everything up. Fuck Cronky. I heard Cronky's is a fucking asshole too because I heard he owns part of like a like in Colorado he owns a broadcast channel or something. Yeah, he owns and the like, channel for the Avalanche and is fucking over the TV deal so people can't watch the team. Uh-huh. Dude, the guy's a fucking asshole. He is a prick. Um yeah, fuck Cronky. That's the message of the day. Uh, real quick, high school updates because high school football in St. Louis is pretty big. Over on the Illinois side, Nashville, Illinois, and Decatur are going to face off in the 2A semifinals for state. Freeburg, the Midgets, were doing pretty damn well on a Cinderella run, but they were bounced in the quarterfinals for the Class 4A. East St. Louis is in the Class 6A semifinals for the state championships for football over in Illinois. 
Moving it over to Missouri, Lift for Life is going to play Lutheran St. Charles in Class 2 quarterfinals in Missouri. Cardinal Ritters in the Class 3 quarterfinals. St. Dominic, Vashon, MICDS, and North County are all in the Class 4 quarterfinals. Chaminade, Holt, and Rockwood Summit, they're in the quarterfinals for Class 5. And then CBC, CBC for Class 6 are in the football state semifinals. So... Hopefully we get some St. Louis area teams that win some state championships here coming up for football. And then real quick too, golf. The President's Cup is coming back to St. Louis. Belle Reve will host the President's Cup for 2030. That's sick because I went to the uh, the PGA when uh, Kepka won, and that was that was insane. That was awesome. Tiger almost pulled something out too. That would have been Tiger fucking was cool. fucking on something, man. He was what like minus 14. Oh. It was, in a word, hot. Uh, but now, uh, real quick, speaking of hot, hot or not, uh, this week, SLU Soccer, A-10 Championships for men and women. Um, good for them. They're hot this week. Not hot, the Blues, but, you know, they're getting back into it. They're going to beat San Jose tonight. And then Mizzou Basketball, because I am in pain. <laughs> Uh, to ease that pain, we beat San Jose. We beat them four one. I think we had forty eight shots, and they had twenty eight, something like that. I fucking love that shit. That mm-hmm. makes me happy. Um, but boys, I think it's now time for me to prove my superior intellect in this week's edition of trivia. Oh boy. Oh man. Trivia and cock. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> fucking cock. It is called, what's the title of this episode called? Fucking Cock. Fucking Cock, yeah. Michael does know how to handle some... Tyler! <laughs> no, it's it's the it's the gun. It's the, it's the not the cock gun. It's oh. The... Are we talking like cocking a gun right now? No, no. You know when you have your your gun for your, not for your cock, but your cock, your cock gun. Your oh, cock. a cock gun. Oh, a cock. Yeah. Oh, like I thought C-A-U- you were talking about a gun that shot penises or something. C-A-U-L-K. Okay. Oh. I thought you were talking about, like, a gun shaped like a penis that shot roosters. No, it's a play on words. <laughs> that is a play on words. What? Cock gun. Cock. Listen, cock okay, gun. I can't read... The words coming out your mouth. <laughs> Do you see the words coming out of my mouth? Mom, I did the Chris Tucker for him. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Jason, are you proud of your boy? Because we definitely are. Oh, he's so proud of me. He tells me every time he's drunk. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. <laughs> no, you guys seen him. Oh, I'm proud of you, Dill. I'm proud of you, Dill. Put this quarter so in that mad. cup. <laughs> I'm so fucking proud of you. Yeah, put this fucking quarter in my cup. See what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Okay. Oh, man. So, this week, my theme, I believe, was 50. I believe that was my theme, was 50. I know I said my theme last week would, or the week before, would be Thick Boys. Uh, I didn't go with Thick Boys. I went with uh, Food in the Loo. Ah. Or uh, Edible Things in the Loo. Consumable, consumables in the loo. Consumables in the loo. Very nice. Uh-huh. All right. Who would like to go first? Uh. Okay. Um. I'll go first. They're mine are kind of 
and short. Ah, very nice. Go ahead. All righty. For Michael. For me? Yeah, what's what your fucking name? Michael? Michael. I, Michael! I, I know you like the, the frosty libation. I know you've been known to, uh, you know, partake in a, you know, a tasty bev every now and then. Icy cold Budweiser. Oh, absolutely. Anheuser-Busch Brewery, uh, the brewer of Budweiser, the king of beers, uh, is, of course, based in St. Louis. Now, what milestone did Anheuser-Busch Bush reach in 1967, our brewery? I can think of two. Okay. Um, their centennial or the one billionth Budweiser beer. So I will go with the one billionth Budweiser beer. A lot of beer. That's an excellent guess. Um, no, the brewery was actually named a historic landmark. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's ooh. history, baby. Oh, the National <laughs> Register of <laughs> Historic baby. Places. All right, all right. Oh, I dig that. Oh, all right, Dylan, where's your where's your fucking thing? Um, Dylan, we're taking it back. We're going back in time, turn of the century. Oh, what the fuck is that? Clip? Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, 1904, St. <laughs> Louis Aww. World's Fair was uh, was home to many food first, uh, including but not limited to the hamburger, the hot dog, peanut butter, the club sandwich, and the ice cream cone itself. Uh, another first from the World's Fair uh, was then referred to as sugar clouds. What is this decadent treat known as today? Also, don't forget the cock gun was invented too. <laughs> I got six shot cock gun. Is that gooey butter cake? Tyler, can I try to steal? Yeah, absolutely. Cotton candy. One of oh, you is, is correct. Candy. It is cotton candy. And it is cotton candy. It was oh! Michael. See, I thought it would have been St. Louis fucking related, but nope. It happened at the World's Fair. (laughs) Fairground parks and fucking... It did happen at the World's Fair in St. Louis. Sugar clouds. I don't hate that at all. I I would prefer that. Yeah. When I was saying what the fuck, I read Dill's question for me, and I'm like, I've seen that. I've seen it once, Dill, okay? I've seen it once all the way through. (laughs) I, um... Sugar cloud sounds like a nickname for cocaine. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) For Michael... Uh, which former Blues player was in the movie Forrest Gump? Now, I, I, I will ask this. The movie came out in the mid-90s. Was this Blues player on the Blues at the time that the movie was released? He should have been. It depends when the movie came out. But on the 90s, yes, this guy played on the Blues in the 90s. It was like, in the, it was like 95, I think. Because he, Tom Hanks um, won the Oscar back to back. I'm not sure. I know it was at least early '90s. He was on the blues. It it wasn't fucking Brett Hull, was it? That's the only guy I can. It's it, Hull, Oates, or Twister. I need one answer, Michael. Oh, fucking hell! <laughs> am I am I at least? Do I have one of those three? Is it one of those three? I cannot confirm or deny. <laughs> okay, so it's one of those three. I'm going Hull. No. Okay. Twister. Tyler, do you want to try? No. I mean, I wouldn't get I would have said Brett Hull. Oates. It, it was Brennan Shanahan. Shanahan? Oh. Yeah, okay. he was in the football scene. Was he really? Oh. No shit. Yeah. I did yeah. not know that. Was he wearing a helmet? Yeah. Oh, that's why, because we didn't fucking... <laughs> I couldn't tell who it was. Know, I mean, he's wearing a helmet at one point, but yeah. I know he was in one of the football scenes. I did not know Shanahan was there. All righty, then. Um, mm-hmm. 
Okay, this isn't a lot. Tyler, if you've been paying attention, you should get this. I've been I'm I'll give you kind a, of paying attention. I'll give attention. you a redemption, too. Who is currently leading the Blues in points? And if you can't get that, you can just state how many points that person has. I believe I believe it's Jordan Cairo. Yeah. Yes. With how many points? Uh, I don't know. Is um, is it a number in the teens? It is a number. It is a number. What? I don't. I don't know, dude. I have no fucking clue. Uh, <laughs> twenty. I don't know. Yeah, the, in the teens, you said. Well, yeah, he didn't say it was in the teens. Well, take a fucking guess. Twenty. I don't know. He's got eighteen. You're close. Oh, I was very close. I'll <laughs> take that. Very good. <laughs> Yay. He scored tonight. He did. He did mm-hmm. do that. All right. Are you all ready for my long-winded questions? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Who wants to go first? Mm. I'll go first. Okay. So remember, the theme is fifty. Five zero. Okay. Dill, here's your question. Despite the amazing power that Albert Pujols provided during his time in St. Louis, he never once reached the threshold of 50 home runs in a season. He came the closest in 06 when he hit 49. It has been a long time since a Cardinals player has hit 50 in a season, and it didn't happen when you probably think it happened. Who was the last Cardinals player to hit at least 50 home runs in a single season? What year did he do it? And bonus points if you can tell me the number of home runs he hit that year. Is this after Mark McGuire? I cannot answer that. Because, like, you said it's been a long time. It, it, so to quote the not, end of Avengers, it's been a long, long time. It, it's not Jim Edmonds, because that was more recent than fucking... I wish Jimmy would. Jimmy hit a couple 40 years. No, it's got to be Mark McGuire. Okay. You would be correct. It is Mark McGuire, but uh, what year did he do oh my it? God. Um, was it ninety-seven when he set the record? Well, he set the record in ninety-eight. Ninety-eight? No, <laughs> not the year you would think it would be. So Wait. did he set? So was it? It was probably after. Was it fucking? They probably put an end to that. Uh, they put an end to oh one. No. The The Left correct older. answer would be 1999, the year after. I was going to guess that. <laughs> my first year. I knew it was going to be five. I was going to say 99. Five. The year after he hit a record 70 home runs at the time in 1999. Right. Bonus point, how many home runs did he hit that year? 66. Oh, my God. He hit 65. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fuck. Oh damn! Day late and a dollar short. Wow. Okay, I was that's that's a really good answer for me. I'm, I'm proud of that. Yeah, I'm okay. proud of you. Yeah, that's solid. I'll um, take partial credit. Uh, Dill, I know you know the answer to this question. I know the answer to this question. Let's see if Tyler knows the answer to this question. Tyler, Brett Hole holds five of the top ten single season goal totals for the Blues, with his least amount on that list being the 54 goals that he scored. In the 92-93 season. There hasn't been a 50-goal score for the Blues in a long time. Not since Hull's era. Oh, and he had another player on that team that had the last 50-plus goal season for the Blues. And that was over 25 years ago. He was a teammate of Brett Hull's. Who was the last Blues player to score 50 or more goals in a season that wasn't 
Brett Hull. Oh, fuck. And bonus points if you can tell me the season that he did it and the number of goals that he scored. I barely know modern-day blues hockey, let alone fucking... You're going to get mad if you, when I tell you the answer, too. Fuck, I don't, I don't even know yeah, anything from that era. You're, you're, Dill knows. You're going to get really mad. Oh, fuck. Um, well, this is... This is unfortunate. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I have no clue. Uh, fucking uh, Bernie. I don't. I Bernie have, Federko. Yeah, I have no clue. <sighs> oh, Tyler, you're gonna be really mad when I tell you this name. Brendan Shanahan. Oh fuck <laughs> this. God damn it! Oh, that's uh, unfortunate timing. Brendan for me. Shanahan, uh, ninety three, ninety four. He scored fifty two goals. Jesus. All right. Yeah. So that was my theme for the week. Was fifty. Next week, boys, we're gonna go back to music again, but this time it will be instruments that you can play. Ooh. So, so not sports related. No, they're they're sports related. Not instruments of torture. No. Okay. <laughs> Tyler, get your head out of the gutter. No, no, no. <laughs> Tyler's got his head in a completely different zone right now. Poor Anna's just digging everything out of the drawer right now as soon as she hears that shit come on the podcast. I'm like, I'm gonna teach this motherfucker. Bold <laughs> of you to assume Anna listens to Hatties and Homies. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Yes, so uh, next week it will be instruments you can play, and it will be instruments that players have probably played before. Got it. So that's my theme for the questions next week. And Tyler and Dylan, I do believe that this is the end of the, um, what's the title of this episode? Of the fucking cock, cock episode of Hatties and Homers. I don't even know how that came you to be. <laughs> oh, Lord. We just peaked again. Cock I've got another one. Oh, man. Cock. Fucking cock. Cock gun. Cock gun. Cock. Uh, real quick, want to thank again KWRH 92.9 FM for having us use their studio thank you so much to them check out their instagram at kwrh92.9 also be sure to check us out on the socials we are at at hatties and homers Homer. on instagram homer simpsons homer simpsons check us out on the socials thank you for uh, joining us for this very special episode 23 our jordan episode um Michael is literally just touching rim right now. Dylan has a fun story. Trivia question, actually. We we do trivia for the hockey team. What numbers did Jordan wear besides 23? He wore two 40, more numbers. 45. 45 yeah. And? One. Nope. I two. Don't, I don't know the other number. Three. 12. Someone stole his jersey, so he didn't have 23 to wear, so he had to wear 12. Shit, that's right. Oh. That was in the last dance. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Huh. Okay. What do you know? Yeah, I'll be sharing trivia questions from the hockey team with you guys just to Ooh, keep it more there fun. We go. Ooh, keep it spicy. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, that's it for me. That's it for me. It's been a pleasure. We will uh, see you next time. Bye. Bye. See you, boys.